Wyoming Toyota Studio. It's Cofield and Company. The show is always hobbled in some doing, way. Uh, Mentally with Ari around. I was doing some... Uh, Physically with Adam around. Sure. You're in a bubble! So get out of the bubble, talk to real people. There's no less healthy show in the country! It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go. Five o'clock hour. Cofield and Company. The company today is Adam Hill. Ari's back in our Finley Toyota Studios. We'll have a video running in a couple minutes of the Big Five. You can check in. Look for that. At Steve Cofield, at ESPN Las Vegas, at LV Sports Network. Live video where you can actually comment and uh, we can answer your comments. You got questions for us. Let's do it. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five. Number five. Information overload. Adam Hill loves college basketball. There is no way you're ready for college basketball. Zero chance. In like like two months. Zero chance. None. None. That said, uh, the non-con is coming together for running Rebel Basketball. Got some interesting dates in there with, uh, looks like Cal on November 13th here in town. And Michigan on November 19th over at T-Mobile. UCLA at the Thomas and Mac on the 27th. We'll find out the rest of the non-con, which also includes uh, trips to SMU and San Francisco. I think those road trips are actually back-to-back. I think they're on December 1st and December 4th. Uh, but the Mountain West Conference schedule is out and really kind of a bummer, you know, considering UNLV considers it a rivalry and it is the standard to meet, uh, to live up to in the Mountain West Conference. But they play San Diego State very early. Like, it's the conference opener on New Year's Day at home. So that's a positive. But when I saw that, I was like, ah, I'd like to have a little build up to that. The San Diego State fans happy they can spend New Year's Eve in Vegas? Maybe. Maybe Rebels happy that San Diego State might be partying New Year's Eve? Uh, not an easy trip to make, right? The worst place to come if you're trying to keep your team focused. Although, I think San Diego State, well, they lost some of their best players. But the guys who remain, uh, they certainly got practice, you know, locking it down and being really careful last year. Because they got, they got like, freaky careful uh, as the NCAA tournament was yeah. approaching. Because they were like, we are not getting screwed by one of these, you know, crew of jabronis at one of these other schools in the Mountain Conference and getting, you know, a bunch of COVID positives and getting booted from the tournament. Yeah, and I mean, I think the, the bigger bummer isn't necessarily that they play right away. Right. It's that they play twice within the first three weeks. They play twice in about 18 days. They're down there on January 18th. Aside from those two games, um, I actually thought the beginning of the schedule gives them a bunch of chances to, to win, um, and especially they've got some home games. They've got San Jose State and Air Force back-to-back. Um I think if I have that right, no, those are on the then they're on the road. San Jose yeah. State, Air Force on the road, then home New Mexico, home Fresno. So those should be an opportunity for four wins. And believe me, I'm not. This is not you know typical. Hey, this UNLV team is you know is going to you know blow away the conference because people in this market do that all the time. This is a much deeper, deeper, better conference than give it credit for. But just those schools are in in many cases rebuild mode with a first year coach or second year coach. Sure. And UNLV should be pretty good, but I don't think there's any expectations of they're going to run away with the conference or anything. I think they're no, not, in that mix not, for fourth place. Not at all. If they can finish top four yeah, um, and maybe they can, you know, shock 
one of these, you know, higher level opponents in the non-con. You know, I would say I would say Cal, SMU, UCLA, and Michigan. A two and two out of that would be nice. Sure. Now, two of them are on the road. The two tougher ones are at home, so two and two would be pretty solid. So I, I I actually have high hopes that it can all come together for the Rebels. I like what they've built. They've completely gone away from what Altsaberger. I don't know what Altsaberger was building, frankly, because the last recruiting class he brought in, like it didn't sound like even he wanted any of them to stay around. Yeah, because he didn't play any of them. Yeah, like it, was, it, like it was like instantly Donovan Yap can't play, JLM Martinez can't play, Devin Tillis is you know one of the guys. I don't know what's happened with Nick Blake. I you know obviously he went on to to Pacific, but that first class it was like you're like you're fencing in Vegas. You you want to build young, and then I think everyone was going to be pushed out anyway. And then when Kruger looked at it, he was like, "Yeah, well, we're going to go a little more athletic." Sure, and and he obviously a little, has a little more athletic and a lot bigger. Has ties in different areas. Has recruiting specialties in different areas too. And um, yeah, I think they're they're building in a different way. And hopefully, it's it's the start of something big for them. Well, I think they want to be a defensive squad, a much better defensive squad than they've been in the past. So a lot more size, um, inside and out. A lot more athleticism on the perimeter. Uh, and we hear about running all the time. Hopefully, they are gonna they're gonna run because I don't think it's gonna be a great outside shooting team. But they'll be a team that can get downhill and that can defend on the perimeter. And if they get beat on the perimeter, then all of a sudden you're funneling to you know, a bunch of dudes who are six eight, six you know, six ten, and yeah, I'm sure the the kid they brought in from Pacific, the seven footer, will get you know twelve fifteen minutes a night just sure. as a rim protector. Sure, and and obviously the you know, less pressure uh, on some of the guys that were counted on to score way too often last year. Yeah, it, it should not be the the same kind of ISO Bryce Hamilton, you know, fourteen no. times a game where no. he's got to do something and, and, and draw fouls. He could be a more some kind of havoc. Could be a better and more effective score if he doesn't have to have the ball every single time down the floor. Right? It feel, felt like uh, so many end of the shot clock situations with Bryce. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't think that'll happen again. Number four. Are you covering SummerSlam? You're very, you're very tight with WWE. You have a lot of sources you keep telling us. I mean, if you want to look at my phone, the last two hours it's is that right? A little out of control. Okay. Um, Who's your big feature going to be on? Will you get Cena? Will you get Roman Reigns? Uh, I would expect to perhaps see something in the paper about Roman Reigns. Nice. Maybe. Nice. Can you ask him to explain the missionary position taunt of John Cena? I heard that was a big thing. I, I know nothing about wrestling. Yeah. And then I will tell Mr. Reigns on the phone. And, and also that... make sure you get into his, his change from angelic figure to, I think, sort of a heel. Wouldn't they? I have heard that they were trying to make him like the big, the big, you know, good guy star for a long time, and the fans just wouldn't have it. They didn't like it, so they're trying something different. Yep. Uh, I will tell Mr. Reigns when I talk to him. I, I don't. I'm not going to ask him anything about wrestling because I don't know anything about wrestling. How much football will you do with him? Exclusively. You're not doing exclusively football talk with Roman Reigns. Playing in an NFL stadium. I'm sure you thought this. Was Ooh, what be an angle! Future. Yeah. Say it again. You thought what? Thought. I'm sure you thought this was going to be your future. I uh, had a couple of uh, cups of coffee with some NFL organizations. Uh, big, big time uh, high school and college football player. And, uh, I'd like you to delve into his Samoan background and the grand Samoan legacy in professional wrestling. Can you do that for seems me? Seems a little deep. Why? Um, you're playing in an NFL stadium. You're going to be. We have a ton of Samoans <laughs> in this market. I keep saying playing, by the way. You're acting in an NFL stadium. Stop. <laughs> I don't like your attitude going into this. 
If you're the well, wrestling beat writer, then you gotta. I'm not a wrestling beat writer. Yes, you are. We're having one event here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna write about it. Mega event. Have I you made... have you checked prices on the resale market? Well, listen, I, I check prices by texting my people and saying, "Hey, I want to come," or "I don't want to come." That's how I check prices. So the answer is no. Um, tickets on the floor are pretty expensive. I heard yesterday they're, they're doing are... ha- they're doing half the stadium. Sure. It looks like it's uh, this, the ring is going to be configured towards the south end of the stadium. If I was looking at the the map correctly. And most of the seats on the floor were somewhere between, you know, eight hundred, a thousand, eleven hundred. Yeah, I know. And then, yeah, I mean, you can get in for thirty six dollars upstairs. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of the, a lot of the tickets, you know, decent tickets were still, you know, one twenty five to three hundred fifty bucks. I was told it commands good money. I was told by very high level figures, Steve, that this will be the highest grossing non WrestleMania WWE event in history. Is that right? Yes. Wow. Is that breaking news? Did we just? We just steal something? Well, maybe. <laughs> I, just, I don't like your energy about this at all. Why? Because it's a massive event. It's a cool event. It's a very... You, you, John Cena's back! Steve, I broke the story that it was coming here. I, I wrote, about the, wrote about the president being like lost. doing race. it out of... You, I'm you in. have to. I'm, I have, get some passion, please. As you know, I, if you remember, I said from the beginning, John Cena was going to be here, right? He did. I had that for you. I've got, I've got I mean, information. He, I mean, he kind of gave it away on Fallon, but we played the bites. But that's fine if you want to. I said it before on that. that, though. Oh, okay. I was like, I, I didn't know this was new. I, I, I told you guys he was going to be here. He's going to be here. Number three, SummerSlam on Saturday. Have that right, right? On head Saturday, to, head to head with Raiders. Yes. <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, Allegiant with fans. Lots of fans. You saw the yeah. open practice, you know, about a week ago with thirteen thousand. Uh, this one had 50,000 fans. You said went pretty smooth as far as I know. I know there was an accident after the game at, eh, yeah, probably after the game, 516 on Russell near Arville. So the road got shut down in both both directions. 516. 516 p.m. Oh, that's before the game. That's a good point. I was before yeah. the game, yeah. So I don't know why I was thinking at 1 o'clock start. 516. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I was thinking at 1 o'clock start. Yeah, 6 o'clock start. Uh, yeah, I, I, like I said, you, I you saw a little. Tra- you saw you saw very little because you were in the stadium. Yeah. by like two o'clock in the afternoon. Um, biggest thing that we heard about was the parking. I want to get to that, but uh, Gruden was just glad to have fans back in the building because it has been freaking eerie playing in front of empty stadiums. It was great to have the Raider fans out there. By the way, kind of numb, you know, just uh, to see the world coming back together and, and to be in this stadium with these fans again. It um, it just warms my heart. I thank them all for coming out, and um, you know we, we we are really really excited about playing in front of them for the rest of this year. Interesting estimates on the fans and how they got there. Twenty-two thousand fans accessed the stadium via LV Boulevard, walked across Hacienda Bridge. The claim is that opening the parking lots a lot earlier, four hours in advance of the game. Encouraged uh, some more staggered arrivals, so it wasn't a freaking madhouse. I think that's the key. Three o'clock. That crowd was pretty good outside for the ribbon cutting. Were you out there? Yeah. What do you think? It was good. It was loud. Yeah. People were gathered. They were assembled, and, and a lot of it had to do with that's right when they were opening the gate. So I think people were were there to go in. So there was the people that wanted to see the ribbon cutting, and the people that were just waiting to get into the stadium early. That was that was a key. Um, like I said, I think as you were just saying, the staggering of starts and trying to get people to to come at different times is going to be very helpful. And that what will really be helpful is in the future when they've got bars and restaurants down there that people can yeah. just get hurt just out of nowhere. I tried to crack my uh, my hand and my wrist has been bothering me lately. 
pretty much brush in the pool. Lord, pool boy, you? I know. Uh, that's, you get that's strange sad. pains when you get this old. Sure. What are you gonna do? I did grimace. Thanks sure. for noticing. So I think when people, <laughs> um, when people start, you know, having a reason to go down there super early and hang out and just be around, uh, which would be you know restaurants and things like that. There, uh, it'll be very beneficial in terms of staggering when people arrive, uh, the, and when they leave because then you can hang out in restaurants and bars after the game too. So uh, that'll be helpful. Uh, I know some of the. Yeah, I'm not, I'm um, so yeah, <laughs> where were you going? I, I was dying. Oh no! Yeah, I had a, I had oh, a thought. Oh, the cliffhanger. Like, well, like, uh, yeah, no, never mind. You don't have to. Uh, it's fine. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I think having businesses down there and more businesses down there uh, will help, and that's coming in the you know in a couple of years. Well, you know what? For now, it's probably a good thing because I don't know that the area is prepped to handle a lot of people after the games. I mean, just like in general, staying in that area, it's. It's almost better off to clear it out as quickly as possible. You know what I mean? Sure. But I mean if there was if there was like giant bars and like, you know Bar but bars, plural. Like yeah. like one place to go to is not no. is no. is certainly not enough. Um the uh, also with the traffic report, uh they said sixty five hundred people took advantage of the RTC's Game Day Express, which Pretty is good. five different stage casinos. It's two bucks each way. So that's something I'm really interested in. And I was actually um with your guy Nick Akers at the paper, I was following up with him and the RTC about uh, the ease of using that Game Day Express. So I actually they have an app, um, and right now I'm not I'm not a real big bus rider, but you know things could change. I used to ride the bus all the time to go sure. to work a while back. Um, but I was wondering on the app, like I I want to be able to go up to the bus and just be like, hey, here you go, here's my you know my two passes. So right now it's not on the app. So they said they're working on that. And then the other big question from several UNLV fans like, okay, well, servers for UNLV games, right? For football games? And right now, there's it says they're working on it. And Akers pointed out that there's a little mention of it on the UNLV football website. But right now, it doesn't look like there's any service in place for the Thursday, September 2nd. Oh, boy. Which, every event there, regardless if it's going to draw 25,000 or 65,000, there needs to be top-level mass transit whatever we have available it, it has to be available for those for those dates because here's the thing i would fear for unlv if people have a couple of bad experiences and then then they go down there and they're like wait my ticket only costs 47 but parking is 75 right like, that's the last thing unlv needs is to turn off any potential customers because they feel like they didn't get they either didn't enjoy the experience getting there and parking or that they thought it was a ripoff oh yeah and and when like, you... they don't their margin for error is not very big it's, it's it's similar to and we you know how often we've talked about resort fees of like hey I'm willing to go to Las Vegas because hey I, this looks like a very you know very good deal on a hotel I like it we can afford this this is cool and you get there and the resort fee is like more than the hotel cost it it does turn it's a game breaker off. it's, it's a game it's people. a freaking game breaker yeah so if you're if you're kind of saying oh you know what I can fifty dollars a ticket for the family that's you know if two hundred bucks that's that's a lot but hey we can do that we can swing it wait parking's another hundred. That that was not part of our budget, and now we're angry, and now we're annoyed, and now we don't have a good time. Think of how many times you've done something in your life, and you, you it would have it was a good time, but you didn't think you had a good time because one little thing ruined it. Can I tell you the I had a positive experience uh, downtown going to dinner. Uh, place I go to has gotten a little pricier, but I was able to get free valet parking, and it like made the night. And the, the valet parking was fifteen bucks. It should mean nothing in the big picture, but it meant something. Of course, yeah. And one little thing could make it a positive or a negative experience. 
And if people have negative experiences too, too many times, they're going to stop doing something. Number two. Now, if you're going to a nightclub and those little things are going to upset you, then this is the wrong city to go to <laughs> for those nightclubs, right? For a nightclub goer, you're just, it's just the way it is. There's going to be every charge possible. Obviously, you know, a bottle that you can get at your local liquor store for 39 bucks is going to be $800. And if you're like, 800, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> 600, 800, 4,000, you know, so if the little things matter, then the clubs are not the place for you. All right. So tell us about the club in the end zone. I saw you doing some video. I thought I was watching your video. I was like, is that lady going to get out of the way? And then I watched these things closely. There was a lady kind of blocking your view out to the field. She ducked and got out of the way. I was like, yeah, that was good job. Good job. Was it? Okay. <laughs> yes, it good. Was. So I thought it was one of the, uh, the stadium employees. I'm like, yeah, oh, that was really a heads up move there. Yeah. So um, what'd you think? Incredible. Like th- it was the first thing I knew it was going to be there. Um, but it was the first thing I noticed the first time I went in the stadium last year. The first time the Raiders had a practice, I went right over to I was like, this is unbelievable. Yeah. There is a legit nightclub in the end zone of an NFL stadium. This is awesome. And it's very Vegas, of course. Uh, T-Mobile, of course, has a nightclub. Same nightclub, but it's it's upstairs. Um, and it's you, you don't see it like on the ice or anything. It's, it's a very cool setup and an awesome seat, awesome place to watch games. But it's not like part of the action like it is here. Uh, I believe it was B.J. Evans when he scored his touchdown. It looked like he was going to jump into the club, which would have been awesome. <laughs> Somebody's going to do it. Oh, yeah. You know they are. Uh, there's a DJ, The DJ is, like, right there in the middle of the field, like, right in the end zone. The bartenders for the, you know, for the uh, servers where they go get the drinks from, like, right there behind the goalpost. Uh, it is an awesome spot. And when, you know, I thought this game was a little bit subdued. Uh, but for, you know, for, you know, big, think, Monday Night Football against the Ravens, that club is, and it's going to be a nighttime, so people are already going to be kind of, you know, lit up a little bit. How great is that spot going to be with bottle service and, you know, right in the, right in the front row uh, at the stadium? It's going to be great. And by the way, it's not just, you know, I know what you can see when you're watching the game is those like eight or nine booths, whatever it is, right on the field. It's actually a pretty legit, like big club with like dance floor, bars in the back. Uh, there's a bunch of uh, booths that aren't right on the field, too. Uh, there's a lot of like seating area, a lot of. Uh, I want to ask space. the dumbest question ever. Are there a lot of TVs in there for the club goers to watch the game? There actually is a couple. Yeah, yeah. I was looking around at your video. I'm like, I'm inside. I got to get some TVs, like a lot of TVs. Sure. Uh, I'm watching we, the game. I think most people aren't going to care about. I don't the think game. they are either. They're That's why there. I said it was a stupid question. Um, but yeah, they're they're available. Like if you want to if you want to check it out. So I, I think, listen, it was it was funny and this sounds this sounds completely obnoxious but it actually is in it's me in my real life too like i was in there because you know i was able to talk my way in as being press and they wanted press like that's basically why i was in there i'm never going to be in this club on my own i'm never going to pay for that oh you have connections come but, on I don't know. uh you can but get juiced in. I'm just saying it for what i'm about to say uh the video kind of blew up that i took and posted on social media and uh, I think largely because some of the uh, NFL game day guys on NFL Network were tweeting about it. And like, wow, look at this. This is awesome. We need to do our show there. And then it really took off. But a couple of the comments right away were, oh, how much is it to sit there? How much is bottle service there? And then the people immediately responded back and said, if you're asking that question, yep. you can't afford it. Yep. Like that that's basically what it is. And I, yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. Like I'm never going to be in there. I'm never going to be paying for that. But it's going to be expensive. The answer a lot too much like for if, you yes if, if you you're care, a bargain hunter you got no shot. too much so uh, it and it sucks to say that 
it does but i mean that is the reality of the situation like it, it's going to be incredibly expensive to sit in there it just is number one i actually thought there was a good amount of stuff to take from the game uh first of all what do you think of peterman so he came, he came out six to seven 76 yards good first drive i mean give the guy credit he had no choice but he played the he played an entire preseason game no, he didn't. Well, you're right. At the end, Cookus got in, and then Case. unfortunately, Case Cookus got <laughs> released today. But uh, Peterman was in there that. for the majority of it. And um, they let him throw it around a little bit. Yeah. What do you think? He looked like Nate Peterman. Okay. He managed the game well. Uh, I mean, is it ridiculous to sit here and go, hey, has he improved? It doesn't. I mean, it matters for him. And, and I'm sure he'd like to be a backup at some point and maybe a starter. You know, he got a chance to start. It didn't go well years ago. Sure. And you look at the numbers, and he, you know, he threw it up. A bunch um, didn't throw a touchdown, but he led some really good drives, led some really efficient drives. He did, he did everything he's supposed to do as a third string quarterback. Like you, you, you come away from that saying, yeah, that guy as a third string quarterback, we're we're comfortable. Like if he ever has to play, you're probably in a lot of trouble. But he's a good good teammate. He knows the offense. He can run it. He can obviously be very efficient on the offense as they showed. Um, but he still has some of the same issues. Like a lot of times, people are thrown off by numbers. Um, and you say, well, he didn't, th- he didn't, you know, didn't have that big, huge mistake. He threw one interception. That was when he got hit. Okay. Well, I thought there was two other ones that probably should have been intercepted that were dropped. Like I'm more about mm-hmm. turnover worthy plays than I'm about actual turnovers. Uh, and yeah, he, he had those, uh, those mistakes that he made, which we see show up all too often, uh, with Nate Peterman, but again, efficient knows the offense. He's not going to cause you any trouble. He's not going to, you know, he's going to cause you trouble sometimes with interceptions, but he's not going to, you know, fumble a snap or not get you in the right set like he he's efficient and that's something you probably want on your third string quarterback he's not gonna he's not gonna be a problem for you Gruden wanted to give uh, credit to Peterman but uh, you know a lot of it uh, the credit goes to the guys who have worked with Nate Peterman over the years I credit our coaches. I credit our coaches for working hard with a lot of these players that have come so far and so so short uh, of time and uh, it's a credit to the players, obviously. I thought Nate Peterman uh, has really shown some development on the practice field. He carried it over today, some long drives. I liked what he did. I like what he did. Good. He really liked what Nate Hobbs did. We'll hear from Gruden on Hobbs and the defensive performance on the way back. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. Two and one, and that's it in the air. Out to deep left field. Peralta's going back. He's looking up. This one is going to go. Welcome back, Fernando. The 2-0 changeup to Fernando is hung and hit in the air out to deep left field again. Peralta going back. He's at the wall. It's going to go. Another one for Fernando. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. Padres would get a couple home runs from Tatis Jr. in his return. Let's see if that shoulder can stay together and he can play the remaining 40 or so games here. For the pod squad, as they're now engaged in a pretty intense battle for the wild card, I think the division may be out of reach for them. Uh, but, you know, a lot of that is because the Padres cheaped out and didn't add pitching, and now their pitching staff is freaking falling apart. That's courtesy of Padres TV. Uh, I want to get to Nate Hobbs because that was a big story over the weekend. It's been a big story so far with the Raiders. Fifth-round pick. We'll get to Steve Sisolak, Governor Sisolak, some comments. 
maybe some updates on gatherings at large events. Was he irked? Were health officials irked seeing quite a few fans at Allegiant without mask on? So that's coming up. I think there may have been a violation at the Rams-Chargers game when chubby Aaron Donald in the crowd got into a fight. Uh, it didn't look like everyone was masked up on that one. No. He, he's a big guy. We're in a 99, and he tried to take on, I think, what he thought was two people, but it turned out to be like six, and it did not work out well for him. He, was, he, he threw a punch. Uh, we'll send out the video. This guy throws a punch. He's got the angle. He's at, he's on the you know the higher level. He's kind of standing above everybody. But then he kind of dipped his head in. He tried to start throwing punches at a bunch of people. He's trying to back fist. And it was like, dude, you're going against five guys. And they just pulled him over the seats and then pulled his shirt up. And they were just – I mean, I saw one guy punching him in the ass. Oh, yeah. I'm like, like everyone who could punch him at, on any part of his body was trying to punch him. I felt bad for out of training camp Kelvin Gastelum. <laughs> That's, <laughs> for, for those that follow MMA – it looked like a short, dark hair. When, when Calvin Gaslam is out of training camp, that's yeah. what he looks like. The the guy that got pulled over the seat oh, well. and beat up. I think a guy was. I think a guy was a pretty good sized guy, but uh, I mean, you just you're not going to beat six people. But he started off well. I thought he was winning for like the first ten seconds of the fight. He kind of. He almost did like a slap across all five faces. Yeah, and then they were like, "All right." It was like a slapstick movie. At some point, your your fists aren't going to fly fast enough where they can get a hold of you and then pull you over the seat. And that was that was the key that he was winning. If it was just hey, if we're all going to stand and go one on one and fight, he's going to win. But the one guy got a hold of the back of his shirt and like pulled them forward, yep. and then he he couldn't get free. It was like a hockey fight. Well, now now, now you're like a teeter totter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you're balancing on the seat. You can't get your footing. His pants are falling down. Then to the left, there's some giant fat ass. Who? What was that guy doing? His pants were completely off. It was weird. The whole thing was weird, but you got guys, if you're going to get drunk and you're going to fight first thing you got to think of before all of it is the belt. You got to have a belt. Sure. You got to cinch the thing up. Can I, is that the sign? Basically what, when you're getting into a fight, you're like, all right, cinch it up. Make yeah, sure my pants don't if somebody, fall down. If somebody pulls their belt one notch in, yeah. you know, they're about to fight. It, <laughs> uh, oh, I, I'm, I feel bad saying this. It's another thing you are going to start to say and then back off. No, I'll say this one. Which, by the way, folks, you just did that 10 minutes ago. We went to break. I didn't even ask you about it. I have no idea what you were hesitating on yeah. saying. Um, this is incredibly sexist. What? It's all, you know, who always escalates fights? Why was there a chick involved? It's always the female in the group. I didn't even see one. Do you have, do you have the video? Uh, I'll watch it again. Was there, there was, was she, was someone mouthing off? The, they're, they're like, they're going face to face. They're head to head. You know, the guy is the fat Kelvin Gasolum is, you know, he's yeah. squaring off and the other three guys are like, well, let's you know What are we doing? Let's go. Let's go. And, Fat Kelvin turns around. He's talking to his friends. And then a girl who's with the crew in front, who's one row in front, grabs a beer, turns around, and nails him with it. And that's why he turns around uh, okay. to continue the fight. Like, it was over. It was done. Yeah. They were they were. That's right. Off. He actually he was being escorted away. Yeah. And, and then someone threw a beer. Yeah. I, I didn't even see who threw it. It was the girl in the front, in, right in front of them, yeah. picked up the beer, turned around, and nailed him with it. And that's what escalated the fight. Some people like to fight. It's always Some people like to play hard. I, I, are you trying to take a shot at Eugene from Eugene? Did you see uh, Eugene Amarie from uh, Oregon, formerly yeah. of Rutgers, uh, with uh, Metu from USC? He, I think he still fouls him hard, and then Metu still rubbing his jaw. Metu char charges him and tries to get off. I think a right hand. Well, I think he thought. I, I can't even tell what happened there. I think he thought about it last minute because it looked like he went to throw a punch, Metu, and then he said, "Oh, I better not do this." Right. 
and he then he short armed it and got him with the elbow because he didn't. I don't think he wanted to follow through with a full punch, so he got elbow to jaw and uh, was obviously ejected. Um, but I feel like it could have been a lot worse if he didn't pull right at the last second. But uh, your guy Eugene was still uh, still rubbing the jaw. Yeah, he was uh, he, he was shaking it. He out likes to bit. mix it up. Yeah. Uh, so we got Hobbs coming up. Uh, also, we got to get into the initial reports on the rookie quarterbacks this weekend. You know, I'm going to say young quarterbacks this weekend. I think my rankings might be Justin Fields over Mac Jones, over Sam Ellinger, over Trey Lance, over Zach Wilson, over Jordan Love. More of Cofield and Company is on the way, live in the Finley Toyota Studios. Now, back to Cofield and Company. I like this. Let's see what you got. How tough are you? Regis runs it and scores it down in the south end zone. Home of the new black hole. Touchdown, Raiders. Got behind that offensive line and just snuck behind it, right? Get that defensive front moving and just come right behind. Well done. Good eyes. That's good vision by Regis. Raider Nation. Let's go. Let's go. Raider Nation. Let's go. Let's go. Raider Nation. Are you ready for some football? Matt Millen in midseason form. With Mullins in midseason form. Trey Regis in midseason form, if he can make the team. Uh, Adam kind of cold uh, threw a little cold water over uh, Emmons and Regis saying, uh, you know, what they did in the game looked good, but let's get the, the full scope across the board in terms of running back duties before we say they're going to make the squad or, you know, make the practice squad. But, you know, what we saw from them running, they were both pretty effective. And as you told us in our number one, Emmons' story is pretty, pretty neat. I mean, he's a guy who was a big-time recruit. Uh, unfortunately, he picked Alabama, and he was buried at Alabama. Um, he went JUCO. I think he sat out in 2018 completely, and then the last few years he was at uh, lovely Florida Atlantic. Boca Raton? Yes, that's why it's lovely. Okay. It's good. Nice spot. A lot of, a lot of colleges. And, and you were telling us uh, Jacobs has been basically his agent, or at least Gruden said that, that Gruden Jacobs has been yeah. a gigantic cheerleader for – Emmons? Yeah, Gruden said uh, – he actually, like, pointed and said that Jacob said, you better go check this guy out. Okay. Emmons was with Seattle too, though, right, and got cut? Yeah. So couple, he's had some chances. Stops. Sure. That would be a nice story if he makes the team. If there's an Alabama running back out there, the Raiders will find him. And, and uh, listen, Jalen Richard's under some pressure here. Got to get healthy, and he does make a good chunk of change. So yeah. if these guys are options, but Richard is good at all those things that they'll be looking for that are not – you know, obvious to the average fan who are just looking for how a guy runs the ball. Especially for a third down back. And and, and here's the thing. You've got Kenyon Drake now who can play that role. So maybe Richard is a little bit more expendable. But in a, in a guy that could be playing on third downs, you want you need to be able to trust him in the passing game, both in blitz pickup and in uh, understanding where he's supposed to be. If there's not somebody to block, uh, if you need to release and be uh, a target to get rid of the ball, you need to understand that. And um, again, it it looked those things look good live from both those guys, mm-hmm. but the tape will tell. How about Hobbs? He has a real chance here, doesn't he? Listen to Gruden talk about Hobbs. He's a little bit like Zay Jones. There's just certain, you know, there's certain guys that bring juice. They bring um, they bring something to the game that others just you can't explain it. He's one of these guys. He's he's into it all the time. Walkthroughs, uh, meetings. He says, nickel corner, he might be an opening day starter for us. We gave him the start tonight. It's never too big for him. Um, Played good on special teams. He was wired wire to wire. He was in there at the end of the game. So, 
Uh, we got a lot to you know look at before we make any conclusions, but we do like our fifth round pick. That'd be a steal, huh? Sure. But yeah. we talked about Hobbs at the time of the draft. He's a guy they've talked about a lot mm-hmm. uh, since since they drafted him. Uh, since the first OTAs, uh, first rookie minicamp, they're like, "Wow, this guy looks pretty good. He he looks like he could be a steal." And they've they've been talking him up quite a bit. And then you know the, what they say is he he works hard. He's mature, uh, but then, you know, once he gets on the field, he makes plays. And we saw him make a big play, for sure. And there is an opening because of Nevin Lawson. Especially early in the year, yeah. Nevin Lawson with the suspension to start the year. Third straight year. Might be a record starting the he's, – he's approaching Josh Gordon territory. Third straight year starting the year with a suspension. Did you see anything from other rookies on defense when Koontz played? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a natural pass rusher. Um, again, it, it's – you'd you'd caution against reading too much into anything because it's such vanilla game plans on the other side. Like they're not scouting you. They're not prepping you. Uh, They're just going out there and kind of lining up and going. Um, So I thought, you know, I thought he looked, he looked all right. I thought the defensive line rotation, uh, especially in the first half looked really good. They were disruptive and, you know, causing some problems, Uh, not necessarily showing up in sacks, but you know, they're, they're causing some problems for the offensive front. But again, those are second and third string offensive linemen they're going against. Um, I, you know, Damon Arnett got extensive looks out on the field, um, which probably isn't a good sign for where he stands in the pecking order because anybody that was a regular wasn't playing. Uh, but he was out there quite a bit. Uh, Trayvon Maring first, you know, first game experience I thought looked pretty good. Offensive line, starting offensive line turned out to be uh, Brandon Parker, former third round pick, left tackle, Johnny Simpson at left guard, Andre James, the new center, Lester Cotton. At right guard and uh, Alex Leatherwood, 17th pick at right tackle. Who, by the way, Lester Cotton is probably getting cut. I, I don't think he's going to make the team. But, uh, like, it's he's a weird one to me because where we stand, and you you got to go out to camp last week, like where we are, the offensive linemen are right in front of us uh, where we start the day at camp, and you can't go too much around the field because of COVID. Uh, so you pretty much are seeing offensive and defensive line drills a lot. They're the ones that are right in front of you. Like, Lester Cotton wins almost every drill. That guy, he's just hes just a physical specimen. He's, he looks great. I don't know what he's doing the rest of the time, but for whatever reason, hes he hasn't really cracked that yeah. rotation. But every time I watch a drill, I'm like, God, this guy is good. Well, I mean, that's that's a nice reward to get the start of the game. Sure. Got to say something. Yeah, but I mean, I think anybody that started the game, anybody that played at all on Saturday is like, oh, this sucks. Like, you look at it the opposite way. Like, yeah. Yeah. If you're, if you're playing, it's not a good sign. Now, if you're well, rookie, not, not, I mean, not. I mean, it's different with Clee Furl. I mean, I, I'd be – not that Furl's going anywhere, but you know, he may be with the twos. Yeah. Actually, where is he going to play? Probably inside. Right? Yeah. Which is where he should play. Yeah. I would think so. Um, he's been effective there in, in spots, and, and yeah. they're, they're loading up on guys that play outside. I think Solomon Thomas, they wanted to play outside, and looks like he might be more effective you know, outside, so maybe he right. plays out there a little bit more. Um, they bring in Joe McCoy to play inside, which who knows what he has left in the tank, but that that's a guy there. So they're, they're building a lot of depth on the defensive line for sure, which not a great sign for Cleve Uh, But I think he's an effective enough player that he's going to get time. Around the league, what do you think of my quarterback rankings? Were you paying attention? Young quarterbacks, based on what they did in the first week of the preseason, which we know, as Adam is telling us, very, very important. Uh, Justin Fields over Mac Jones over Sam Ellinger slash Eason over Trey Lance over Zach Wilson over Jordan Love. Not bad. Did bad. I did I do my guy dirty by putting Zach Wilson behind Trey Lance? 
Trey Lance had a couple of moments, but he had a couple of moments that were bad. Yeah, he was he was the best and the worst. Uh, he could put about one and last uh, for some of his plays, uh, for sure. Yeah, inconsistent, I think, and that's what he didn't play at all last year. Like he's played; it's been two seasons since he played, and he's right. never played with guys this talented. So uh, I think it's going to be a big learning curve. But you saw what potential he had. He flashed that potential without question uh, in that game. Uh, Fields, I thought, was the best. But again, the Chicago situation is going to be really fun to follow early in the season because you know there isn't a Bears fan on earth who's excited for Andy Dalton to be QB. No, it is all about when does this guy get out of the way and let Justin Fields play. (laughs) But at the same time, like it, and it's like it's a different situation, I guess, than what we talked about with Jacksonville, where I still think in Jacksonville you have to determine what what is your strategy. Is it developing Trevor Lawrence or is it trying to win? And I think those are different goals. Because I think if you're trying to win, even though I don't love Gardner Minshew, he is more capable of winning a game right now than Trevor Lawrence is. And so what is your decision? Uh, I think they go Trevor Lawrence and try to develop. But if you're looking around, if you're Jacksonville, you're like, Texans probably are no good. Uh, The Colts could be without Carson Wentz for a while. We only have one other team to compete with in division. Maybe we could win a division. But I think their strategy That'd be should be a terrible mistake, wouldn't it? I think so. I think their strategy should be let Trevor Lawrence play and develop, and that's how they should roll. I don't even. Should, I don't even understand why Minshew is on the team. I don't either. Why? I mean, there's there's got to be a team that'll. I mean, I guess wait. If there's a horrific injury, yeah. then there might be a team out there that'll trade like a fourth round pick for. Yeah. I mean, I would. That's that's absurd right now. He should draw fifth at the most. But, but the, there may be a team that's in desperate straits. It's like, all right, Minshew mania. We'll try it. And the, but the issue, I guess, is that the one team that might have needed it is in your division. You're probably not going to give them over here in your division. And uh, I – you can't tell anything from words, but do you think they're devastated that Eason or Ellinger might have to play a little bit early? They both seem like decent prospects. Yeah. I, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I, it's not – that's a team that has kind of sold a lot to try to win right now. Yep. So I don't think you want to have a prospect quarterback starting out the year. Well, it all depends on when we when we get word on Wentz. I mean, yeah. is he out six weeks? Is he out two weeks? Five to twelve. Is he out twelve weeks? Five to twelve. That's right. That's what if he's out two weeks, you can deal with the young guys playing sure. quarterback. Yeah, if he's absolutely. out six, you're going to piss away the first six weeks of the season with rookie, you know, or rookie or young quarterbacks. Yeah, that, that's that's a question facing them. And so, and that's what it is. Like with Chicago, they're just they have to decide if they think that they can win right now, and if they if they can, well. I, I guess I mean, that's the tricky. That's the tricky part of this whole thing, too. Are Ryan Pace, the GM, and Matt Nagy there for multiple years? They they should know. They should know right now from ownership what the deal is, especially Nagy. Well, yeah, because my because my then theory... I, then if I know I'm there for if I'm Nagy and I know I'm there for two or three more years, then Justin Fields is playing pretty early. But my my theory on them, and I I think it still holds, is that. You, if you're the coach and the GM, you don't play Justin Fields on purpose, so you can have that bullet. Hmm. Where, but isn't like, that ridiculous? Of course it is. But that's why they're that's why not that having you, certainty that they're going to make decisions based on their job. They need to know if they're there or not. Right. That's why not having certainty is a problem. Where if you you can sit back and say, hey, listen, oh, we're, you know, yeah, we didn't play very well. Well, we got the kid though. We're developing him, and once we put him in, that's going to change. So we've got that we've got that in our back pocket. Uh, and which I think could weigh into whether they play him or not. And those those are things that do happen in the NFL. This is not some crazy 
you know, abstract thing. Like th- these are parts of the decision that decisions that are made. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield and Co. Cofield and Company presents. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. Grab bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. So Governor Sislak addressed the media, addressed the state today. I'm not exactly sure what he came up with here. It sounds like venues can now decide if they want to go with fully vaccinated folks in the building and then allow them to go maskless. It didn't exactly make it clear what happens to the unvaccinated in those cases, though. They can get in, but they have to wear masks. So if that's the case, what what really changes? Well, I... I mean, I think, again, I, we were on the <laughs> air, so very, I didn't hear it. It's very, the, the message is being delivered very convoluted. And just so you know, uh, Live Nation, one of the you know bigger producers of music shows around the country, is going fully vaxxed. Well, it's, and there's, this is all weird. So AEG, or, or, the t- or, the, or the test within 48 or 72 hours, a negative right, test. It should, that should not be, it should be vaccinated if you're going to do it. But it, it's, that's where it's also weird. Like AEG did the same thing for their venues and their, concerts that they promote so i was like oh that means t-mobile arena and because i guess t-mobile is only half operated by ag then it's, uh, it okay. doesn't apply it, it's all it's all very weird and convoluted i don't know that that the message from sislak was was convoluted we just haven't watched it yet right so a lot of people are, are reacting different ways my impression just from looking at how some people reported this out is a large venue anything over four thousand seats mm-hmm. fixed attendance you have two choices one Require vaccination. Everybody has to be vaccinated, and then you can go maskless. That's one choice. Oh, okay. So in those cases, no unvaccinated. And the other choice is we're not going to check vaccination, but everyone has to wear a mask. That's the two. That's the two choices an operator has. And it, it's not again. It's not a mandate. It's your choice. Your choice from from the venue perspective, which one you want to do. Um, and then I would imagine the next step is, hey, you're not enforcing what we're telling you, you have to enforce. Now you have to go to vaccination, which I would imagine would be and. You know, the multiple the point, people pointed out that Sisolak said this was not in response to seeing maskless people inside Raider Stadium. But it is. You can say it, you can say it's not. You, you said you saw ushers trying to police it, but I actually was looking back at one of my uh, one of my videos from the uh, club, the mm-hmm. nightclub that I put put out, mm-hmm. and I didn't notice it the first time, but I did, I did notice uh, while I was shooting out on the field, like toward the field, one of the ushers is yelling at somebody up above me. Uh, to put their mask back huh. on, so I, I was like, "Oh, I didn't even notice that." But yeah, they're they're trying. But how, I mean, it's it's impossible. It's an impossible task. So how about just require vaccinations? Because I think that's going to be a really difficult task too. I don't think it is. I mean, it is because you're going to have people faking it. Which, God, you're you're an idiot if you do that. But um, that that's a problem. But there, there are apps out now, out there now that are fairly simple, and you would just you know you would upload you upload your status you upload your vaccination and you it checks with the database that that you actually did get it and then you have a qr code that you just scan everywhere it's not not that complicated you're already scanning tickets in anyway still a lot to be decided sure <laughs> it's it's because we're seeing new york city is going to it i know uh new orleans is hardcore with the fully back stuff Oh, yeah. Which, you know, if you, I guess if you're on a short trip to New Orleans as a tourist, you probably have, uh, you know, the negative test with you and it would cover you for the whole time. But if you're going for longer, what are you going to get two tests while you're there? 
one before you get there and one while you're there. Yeah, that's that's it's a also, giant pain in the ass. It's also why I don't. Th- I, I mean, they're they're throwing the the negative testing out there as a you know as a side, but just make them make them get vaccinated. <laughs>